0: Broadcasting live from the RNR Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada, it's the premier destination for an inside look into the
1: Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Ponsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador.
0: Uh, that's that's everything for me because at the end of the day, nobody wants to have a bad performance. That's that's not why we play. Um, we just want to do our best and. Um, When you're able to do things without necessarily thinking and just playing,
1: you have fun. And I'm excited to get back to that. We're excited about getting you back, Corey Littleton. Because the Corey Littleton I saw last year, Lincoln Kennedy, was not the Corey Littleton I remember covering in Los Angeles with the Rams where he was a Pro Bowl linebacker. He emerged from being an undrafted free agent, special teams ace, Uh, To one of the best cover, pass cover uh, linebackers in the NFL. Kind of a tackling machine. Um, A guy that the Raiders obviously put a lot of hopes in, a lot of money in to be an anchor of their defense last year. It never came to fruition. Um, But I don't think anyone is more motivated to start the season, to get on the field on Monday night, to begin the process of redeeming himself than Corey Littleton. Uh, Lincoln Kennedy, welcome to the show. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Ambassador Raider Nation Radio 9:20 a.m. on a Wednesday. Lincoln, you just heard Corey Littleton talking about um, the bad taste that last year left in his mouth, this disappointment that he felt, um, and the anxiousness that, that he feels, motivation he feels to get on the field on Monday to to start turning in performances that he knows he's capable of d- delivering.
0: Yeah, you know what? In, in the system, when we got him last year, he just never really looked comfortable. And much to you were speaking of his days with the Rams, I thought he was probably one of the best cover linebackers in the league. I mean, he could, he could cover tight ends. He could cover backs in the system. And, and then it just never really looked comfortable. And did, and, and for what it's worth, um, you know, it just, he never came to fruition what we expected him to, so he struggled. So I, I, I'm glad that he feels comfortable. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Hey, you know what? I'm looking forward to seeing this linebacker crew all as a as a whole because with Kukowski, you know, with, with KJ Wright, with Harriman, and everyone else we have. Um, I know they're still waiting for Nicholas Morrow to get filled up, and who knows how long that will be. But um, this, you know, a couple weeks ago, the this linebacker crew was a weakness. And, and now if they can get everyone out there on the same page it could be it can definitely be a strength.
1: yeah without question we want your calls 365 9200 want your thoughts want your predictions on what you're hoping expecting to see not only on Monday night but this season and, and Lincoln um, you bring up a good point there's no question that uh, a, a unit that a week and a half ago because of the injuries and because how uh, you know that depth was being pressed into, It was a concern. It was a concern of mine coming into training camp, Lincoln. Of all the positions that I would look at, I kept looking at linebacker thinking, okay, Corey Littleton, Nick Wachowski, Nicholas Morrow, not a bad group uh, as your starters. But behind them, Tanner Muse, Divine Diablo, Javin White, all of whom played a combined, like, 30 snaps last year, yeah, and only one of those guys played those snaps, and that was Javin White, and 70% of those snaps were on special teams. So there really wasn't any depth um, in terms of proven depth behind the starters. Then all of a sudden guys start getting hurt, and you're looking at that group going, boy, this could be an issue. Well, I give the Raiders a lot of credit, and it kind of – for me it's an indication of where they really believe they are uh, because you make the type of moves that the Raiders made – to get Denzel Perryman, to go get K.J. Wright, when you think that you really legitimately have a chance. Otherwise, you're just kind of wasting everybody's time and you're also wasting sometimes development time uh, when you you go out and try to make moves because you believe you're a winner right now and you're going to go out and get winning players that are going to help you right now. Uh, As far as all the development stuff, that just takes a back seat. Uh, The young guys will get better somehow, some way. But right now, they're putting proven players out there. So I give them a lot of credit. And to me, as I said, Lincoln, I think it's interesting that they're making these types of moves now, it shows me that they think that they can win right now.
0: Well, I mean, I, I agree with you, Vinny. I, I think that when you look at it as a whole, not only you're bringing in two linebackers who are familiar with Gus Bradley's system, that's played it before, they've excelled at it. More importantly, you know, you're you're trying to overcome that that what you think is is the weakness. On the defense, if if it if it is anywhere, and you know, prior to these signings, it was at the linebacker. It was just there was a lack of depth. They they thought that Tanner Muse was going to develop, and they had to let him go because they just I mean, it's just business storm business. But you know, things like that. You when you talk about development, you don't have time. If you're John Gruden, Mike Mayock, you really don't have time to develop. This is year four. You've got to hit all cylinders, all go. You got to go right now, and you got to win right now. So that that whole development stuff, and besides, a, I think it's 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 really an oxymoron to be honest with you, with the way as limited as you can do have time with these guys. Anyways, if you can really ever develop anybody, you know what I mean. They got to play, and they got to be able to play right now.
1: Yeah, no question about it. And uh, you know, a guy like Nate Hobbs, a guy like right. Trayvon Morrig, they believe can contribute right now. Simultaneous to also developing. I mean, n- neither one of those guys are, 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 are uh, finished products. They're going to have to learn on the job in a lot of respects. But in the meantime, they believe that they're going to be able to give them um, satisfactory production like right now there's no yeah. there's no waiting around to see if they can you know be be viable players on on your team they have to deliver right now and the better they get in the you know along the line the better that is obviously uh, for the Raiders quick question for you and we're gonna get out to uh, the listener line here in just one second but Lincoln I got to ask you this because um, you know I, I like to try to watch body language I try to like I, li- I like to you know um, sort of focus in on what people are saying. Uh, I kind of detected when K.J. Wright and some of the newcomers were brought up to Corey Littleton. uh, The reaction was, you know, hey, great. They're here, you know, but let's be honest, Lincoln. A guy like K.J. Wright kind of plays the same position in a lot of ways. Right. As um, Corey Littleton. And at some point, if. If, if everything works out with Nicholas Morrow, he's going to come back. There's going to be a numbers crunch at that position, and there's going to be a, a snap crunch at that position eventually. What does this really mean for Corey Littleton moving forward? Um, you know, K.J. Wright is a very good player who plays a position very similar to what uh, uh, Corey Littleton plays. What it means is that you, you better put
0: up or you're going to get passed over. You're, you're going to get cut. Look, we've seen free agents' moves not work. You know what I mean? They they were they, the, the Raiders are trying to achieve something by going out and getting Corey Liltson, gave him a lot of money to come over and play, but now you you got to have you got to be performing. There's it's business. You know, you you either perform or you get passed over. that's just just the rules of the game. So this is going to be a big year for Corey in so many ways, especially when you look at the veterans that are around him. And it might be a very short leash that he has uh, with the Raiders because they might, if he doesn't perform, they could very well make moves. I don't know the salary structure, but they could probably make moves at the end of the year to let him go.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. I got some (laughs) texts the last couple of days from NFL folks wondering, huh? You think the Raiders would be interested in trading Corey Littleton at some point? So just food for thought, and here is Corey Littleton talking about K.J. Wright.
0: Um, It's football. Uh, These guys have been playing football for a long time. They're
2: great additions they have in our room, and honestly, they've made themselves comfortable where we feel
0: comfortable with them at the same time, and we're all becoming buddies. So excited to have them here.
1: There you have it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were – there was one other that uh, specifically about K.J. Wright. Uh, oh. DeMond, if we got that one, let me know. Give me a hand signal when you have it up. I just – it felt a little bit like, uh, you know, um, great. <laughs> you know, he's he's here. But before we get to that, we're going to go out to the – oh, you got it? Okay, go for it. Um, Smart
2: guy, veteran.
0: You can already feel the leadership coming out of him. Um, just a good dude to have in your room. <laughs>
1: I don't know Lincoln um, you know but I'm sure when you're you know if, if you were in that situation and they brought in two other tackles uh, guard offensive lineman all of that you're you, you'd be thinking what's that all about you know like we're uh, we not getting the job done yes there's injuries Denzel Perryman obviously uh, fits a, a major need right now but you know like I said going to get KJ right, uh, it's, there's there's probably a little bit to read into that um, in regards to, to Corey Littleton. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe this motivates him, too, uh, to get better, because if everybody's playing well, then you got a great, great problem, and that could be the issue that the Raiders eventually face when Nicholas Morrow comes back. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Danny is in Fresno. How you doing, Danny?
3: Hey, how's it going?
1: Good, man. How are you? Doing
3: good. Oh, man, I'm excited. Uh, my wife and I are flying out on Sunday morning. We're ready for Monday night. Um, I'm excited linebackers are going to be good. I feel like uh, uh, KJ Wright is going to be a good addition, and I'm excited to you know I'm excited about the, uh, the football IQ. I think uh, it's kind of the that level of IQ on, on, on defense, I think is kind of elevated with the addition of a lot of the players, you know, uh, uh, there is Cylon, uh, McCoy. I think McCoy's going to have a sack on Monday night. I think the inside penetration is what is what going is is to get at uh, Lamar Jackson because um, that'll flush him up, get his feet, get his feet moving quick. And I don't think necessarily the outside guys are going to uh, get all the sacks. I think it's going to come from the inside. I think he's probably going to throw at least a pick, at least a pick, maybe two. Um, might even get a fumble, uh, a sack fumble on him because um, I don't I don't know how's, how's the Ravens' uh, offensive line. I haven't heard much about uh, how good they are, so. I just uh, I think it's funny everybody's talking uh, <clears throat> talking up the Chiefs' O line and uh, uh, their revamped offensive line and they're just giving the Raiders the short end of the stick. And, you know what I mean? When we actually have some legitimate starters from last year who are pretty good, so um, and nobody's talking about Josh Jacobs. He's going to have a good game. I believe he's going to he's going to have a pretty pretty nice game. Um, and uh, we're going to control the clock. We're going to keep Lamar off the field. And when he is on the field, we're going to be in his face. And uh, I believe we're going to run away with this one pretty easily because uh, they got, they got running backs they are still trying out right now. Like, what, what are they going to do? You know, uh, Lamar's past offense relies on his running game, and if they don't got it, J.K. Dobbins back there, uh, how are they going to uh, keep uh, the defense on the heels? We're going to know what's coming every time. So I'm excited.
1: Uh, and hey, if you're flying in Sunday morning, don't forget to come join us over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill over on Las Vegas Boulevard. We're starting at five o'clock. It's the Nation Block Party. Um, we're going to have music. Raider Raiderhead is going to be out there. We're giving away two tickets to the Raiders Ravens game. Five o'clock. Me and Q Myers are going to be out there. Bob Golick is going to be out there uh, at the Rockstar Bar starting at five o'clock. So if you're coming in Sunday morning, no excuse not to join us uh, and kick off the season over at Rockstar Bar. But Lincoln. Um, yeah, you know, I'm looking at the at the uh, Ravens' uh, depth chart. You know, Ronnie Stanley, uh, obviously one of the best tackles uh, in the NFL. Uh, looks like uh, Ben Cleveland is a left guard. Uh, Bradley Bosman is the center. Kevin uh, Zeitler is the right guard. And Alejandro Villanueva uh, is the right tackle. Lincoln, when, you, when I think about the Ravens, I think about – It doesn't matter sometimes, I feel like anyway, who's out there in those uniforms. There's just a way that the Ravens go about their business. It's almost a philosophy or a mindset. Uh, They're going to be a hard-nosed, physical football team that's going to try to impose their will. Um, Yes, they're missing their star running back who got hurt in the preseason. Uh, But if you're getting the, the kind of push, the kind of blocking up front that the Ravens are usually known for, I'm not going to say that it doesn't matter who the running back is because obviously it does, but generally speaking, if they're winning the battle up front, they're going to be able to get their running back, whoever it is, to produce.
0: They have a very physical team. They've always been physical, and they do like to run the ball, and that's one of their strengths. And one of the keys that I have towards this game is the the Raiders have got to do a better job at slowing down if not containing that run game because, uh, as you know, the, the run sets up the pass, and that's what happened in the past. Uh, with Lamar Jackson if he's back there trying to pass he doesn't really have a, a number of receivers to go to all the time and that's one of the been the biggest declines but they line up in 12 13 personnel and they try to move you around and then they try to they they use play action to take over so but they they've got a pretty good offensive line.
1: They do. And uh how much better do you feel with uh, a guy like KJ Wright and a guy like Denzel Perryman along with Corey Littleton as your starting uh linebackers? And we know, at least in base defense, and at least uh, when it t- comes to that starting front four, you're going to have Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe uh, on either end. Neither one of them, historically, anyway. Uh, has been very good um, against the run, and that's going to be something that the, I, I know that the Ravens are going to challenge them uh, on. And it, makes, it puts a lot more pressure, I think, also on those, your cornerbacks, your, your linebackers, uh, to support that run, but also the interior uh, of the defensive line, Quentin Jefferson, Gerald McCoy, Jonathan Hankins, Darius Phylon, Solomon Thomas, to also do their jobs.
0: When Gus Bradley has had success against the Ravens as a defensive coordinator, he's often used um, the last time, I think, when they played in the playoffs, he was using basically a dime front. Well, I don't think they can go that small. Um, they would have to stay with their, their regular personnel. But the, the new way that we've kind of see things happen is that you bring in Abram Jonathan Abram down in the box, and he's almost like a rover. So that that seemed to be what they were doing a little bit in the preseason. That will mean there will be a one-safety look. You'll be press corners on the outside, and you know, that will help try to contain it. All those – the linebackers are going to be absolutely essential because they're going to have to
1: contain the game and go sideline to sideline to make tackles. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Jonathan Abram. I think he's set up – set up for – A big game uh, on Sunday. Certainly. You you know, the position that he plays, the style of offense that they're playing against, um, how they're going to probably try to free him up to go make plays and be physical in that run game. Uh, And boy, I tell you what, Lincoln, for a guy like Jonathan to get off to a good start, he and Corey Littleton, I think is huge. Um, I think that, you know, you can't revert back. To the same problems that were happening a year ago. Um, I'm a firm believer that mindset, confidence, how you feel about yourself goes a long way. And if right off the bat, the same old issues stop, start creeping up, it's just, it's, it's like, the, uh, it's, a, it's a snowball effect. It's just gonna continue to gather momentum. Whereas, Lincoln, if they can stop that, and move forward in a different direction and get off to a great start, it it starts to snowball in another direction. I totally agree. I, I think, it.
0: you know, from looking out from what we've seen last year, with Abram that being basically his first full year, um, uh, since he's coming to the league. And then expecting or hoping what we're expecting to see out of Gus Bradley's defense and what we've seen flashes of in preseason, I think it will be good. I think it will be a confidence booster for all. Uh, and the reason why is you were talking about some of the d- defensive ends, and Dockway as well as Crosby, they're not very big. So you're obviously going to have you want to try to put your big tackles on them and, and run right at them to, to sort of negate a lot of things that they can do and
1: not have to you know try to catch them on pass rush. No doubt about it. Out to the Raider Nation listener, Lion Roberts is in san jose robert how you doing brother
4: i'm um, good thanks for, t- uh, for taking my call Vinny. you got uh, it. i was just curious what you guys think in regards to a lot of the i don't know lack of respect the raiders are getting in terms of the national media i know that not media thing uh in terms of preseason rankings but even rich gannon on uh, nfl radio today had us at uh nine and eight and uh Honestly, below uh, the Chargers, and and I know NFL Network had us below the, the Denver Broncos. I uh, I understand we don't know what we're going to get necessarily on defense, but the Raider offense seems not to have gone anywhere. They're number eight in yards, number ten in points. Am I missing something? Is something drastically changed? And Rodney Hudson's a, a very good player, but. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think he means the drop off just because he's not there. to drop off is, is going to be that severe. I mean, am I missing something? Uh,
1: listen, you know, uh, there's so much recency biasy in what happens in terms of the predictions. Uh, Lincoln, I'm going to throw um, some numbers at you. And I'm not going to tell you who I'm talking about here, but uh, it's close to your uh, to where you are right now. Okay. so this team coming into the NBA season last year, uh, the win loss over under total was 38. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were plus 4000, which isn't good at all uh, to to like win the win the NBA finals, Um, this team ended up winning 51 games last year. Do you know who I'm talking about?
0: Mm, was it the
1: Phoenix Suns? Yes, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, and I bring them up because it's just a reminder that w- what everyone's predicting, what everyone might be saying, what everyone might be projecting, just take it with a grain of salt, um, because nobody has all the answers. The season is going to unfold the way the un- the way the season unfolds what happened last year the year before the year before that the year before that i hear people talking about the 2016 raiders and Derek Carr. who cares about the 2016 raiders it has nothing to do with what's going to happen this year in 2016 i was covering a los angeles rams team that went four and 12 lincoln mm-hmm. it looked decades away <laughs> we were in los angeles saying this is what we waited 20 years for send it back to st louis guess what the very next year They win 11 games, win their division, and go to the playoffs. Nothing that happened in the past has anything, squat, zero, zilch, nothing to do with what might happen this year. And this is the last thing I'll say, Lincoln, and I know that I'm guessing that you agree with me. If you want love, go out and earn that love. You want the respect, go out and earn that respect. And I'll say this about the Raiders. Everyone that I talk to understands that concept. They're not begging for anybody's love right now. They're not, uh, you know, uh, sitting here saying we're underrated or or you know nobody's showing us love and this disrespect. They understand that to turn that around, it's on the fifty three players and the coaching staff and everybody else that's in that building to change that narrative and start earning that respect.
0: You know, I think it was a couple years ago where Derek Carr said he's tired of being. You know it, and my and when someone asked me I said well just go out and earn it and he did and then he did you know the thing is is that I don't put anything in the preseason polls uh, for college because I think they're bogus it's just a starting point I don't put anything in in the preseason poll, polls for the NFL and, and again the reason why mainly is that we only have what we saw last year to go off of so why wh- why would it surprise you that the you know you're not getting any national respect you had, you started off like, you came out the gate like wild horses, and then you ended up 500 at the end of the season. So that's where everyone is kind of expecting you, especially when you see like the Chargers have got their franchise quarterback, how well Herbert played. You know what I mean? And you figure out what eventually the Broncos are going to get it right. They're going to figure out something. I mean, they were a quarterback away from being with that defense they had last year. They were a quarterback away from uh, really making things hard. And we already know we got in the Chiefs. That's just the division. Right. So when you look at the schedule, it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Taking on the AFC East and taking on the NFC East, it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. And so we really don't know because we didn't see preseason uh, starters playing preseason. We don't know what we're going to have.
1: Right. You're and-
0: starting to coming out of the game with a very physical team, the Baltimore Ravens, on Monday night. Yeah, that was a playoff-bound team. There's probably
1: not a lot of people projecting you to win. <laughs> They're four point five point underdogs. Yeah. Uh, in this game. Yeah. So you got to show it. You got to prove it on the field. And once you do that, then you'll start getting the love that that you might deserve. I think the yeah. one thing that I that I will agree with with the fans. Sometimes I read some of these national uh, accounts, these national stories, and it's almost like, did you? Yeah, but you're not even taking into account some of the improvements that they've made, some of the players that they brought in. Uh, again. Bringing up how many sacks they had last year I think is irrelevant. The The entire defensive line almost has changed. The linebackers have changed. There's a new safety. There's a new cornerback. There's two new starting linebackers, two new starting defensive linemen, including a defensive end who's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So I think that – When none of that gets taken into account, even at the very least, like comma, however, if so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so live up to what they've normally done, it will change things for the Raiders. I don't see a lot of that. So, you know, uh, I get it. People are looking at things from high up on helicopters kind of hovering around the NFL and making their little projections and assessments. But digging a little bit deeper, this team does have potential. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough. I get to watch these guys in practice day after day. It looks different, and I'd be surprised if the product wasn't different and more longstanding, a a team that's more capable uh, of playing deeper into the season. I think the depth uh, is going to help out. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsonier and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Benny and Lincoln on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. Or tweet them at Benny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Benny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. We're going straight to the Raider Nation listener line. Eldrick wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Eldrick?
2: Yes, sir. Let's talk about the Raiders. First of all, I want to say thank you very much, Ben, to you and Big Kennedy right there. I want to thank Kennedy for all the years that he gave us on the football field, and I thank both of you so much for all that you're doing for the Raider Nation. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're welcome for the truth. I'm excited about the season. I agree that we have made so many changes on each each side of the ball, but I'm really excited – about the defensive side of the ball, what we have done. Yes, we made a few mistakes here and there with drafts, but drafts, no matter if it's first round or whatever round it is, you hope that a player will, you know, turn out to be a certain way. So them picking that we made different drafts that didn't turn out right, well, you know, that that's, that's true, but also that can happen even with any pick. You know, you're just hoping that uh, the individual turns out a certain way. But to all those players that was let go that we drafted, that's Raider Nation. Uh, Wish him well, because once a Raider, always a
1: Raider. Yeah, no doubt about it. And um, I know that there's obviously criticism. Uh, it doesn't look good when Tanner Muse, the third round pick uh, of last year, and also Lynn Bowden Jr., a third round pick last year, neither player played a down for the Raiders, and they're no lo- no longer part of the organization. Uh, that's not a good look. I don't think there's anyone in the Raider organization uh, who would claim uh, that it, that it was, uh, but. At the same time, Lincoln, uh, if if Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards um, and 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 Trevon Morrig and Trayvon Mullen continues to get better, and, and Damon Arnett gets better, and Josh Jacobs continues to play, and Max Crosby, we're we're talking about a lot of draft picks that are playing okay and have a chance to play even better. So, um, the hope is, Lincoln, you hit on more than you miss, and you're gonna miss. There's no team not in the history of the NFL. That bats a thousand. That bats nine hundred. That bats seven hundred or six hundred. It's not designed to be that um, efficient and successful. So as the years go on, you got to be able to be hit on a few guys, three, four guys each year that are going to be contributors to you. And I look at the twenty nineteen class. 2020, the 20 class, and this 2021 class. And I do see starters now. It's on them, Lincoln, to turn the corner and not just be starters and starting caliber players, uh, but players that are going to contribute to a playoff caliber team.
0: Yeah. And again, where the, there has to be a sense of urgency, I think there's a sense of impatience by the Raider Nation collected, collectively. Um, and more importantly, th- th- there's a sense of urgency by this coaching staff, uh, especially John Gruden. I mean, Look, he turned over the roster, so now you have to have you have to have the uh, uh, the, the appearance of at least that you're heading in the right direction. And you know, I think like someone like Tanner Muse just became a numbers game. You know, it's unfortunate that he was hurt his first year, he really couldn't contribute, but now because there's a sense of urgency, you really don't have time to have someone on the roster who can't contribute whole. I mean, and, and and becomes a numbers game. So it's almost like when you're talking about a starting five, well, who are you willing to let go when you have a number of players? Are you, the ones you need most, especially at linebacker, are ones who have been in the system, who are experienced, and know how to play the game and can play it at a high level. And that's what the Raiders had to make their you know, make their bones with.
1: Lincoln, would you trade Tanner Muse for K.J. Wright, straight up? No. You wouldn't?
0: Oh, 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 oh. I mean, you got K.J.
1: Wright. I mean – yeah, yeah. I mean, if you had to, you would have to. Yeah. You just did. Yeah, you did, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what all they right. did. If you want to, you know, uh, put a happy face on it or or put some context to it or some nuance to it, the Raiders traded right. Tanner Muse for for KJ Wright. That doesn't absolve them from all guilt because, you know, Tanner Muse uh, obviously wasn't fitting in or, uh, you know, obviously there's just better players. But I, it's more what you said it's a numbers game. And at the end of the day, being able to bring in a guy like K.J. Wright at the expense of, of, uh, of a Tanner Muse, you would make that trade 99.9% of the time. And, you know, I'll say this. I texted uh, Tanner Muse, wished him good luck. He was a great kid. Uh, and he's going to Seattle because there's four linebackers on their entire right. roster. He's going for a better opportunity. The Raiders made him an offer to come back on their practice squad which would have put him in a position to eventually graduate back up to the 53-man roster. He sized up the situation and said and his agent and said "Uh, there's four linebackers in Seattle right now. What's the best chance that I have out of these opportunities to get back onto the 53-man roster in the quickest fashion? It's Seattle. So that's a business decision that he made. Again, Obviously, it's not the best look in the world when you have three third-round picks as the Raiders did in 2020, and two never stepped foot on the field for you. That's right. that's that's not good. But you know what? He, uh, a Brian Edwards can save that round if he turns out to be the player that they hope uh, he's going to be. You know, and, and if Henry Ruggs becomes a star player or a contributing player, you know, the guys that aren't part of it are going to kind of fade into oblivion, and the guys that are a part of it are going to um, you know, create their narrative, and, and it's going to probably change the narrative of what that draft was all about. And I'll say this, too, not making any excuses, just trying to you know, put some more perspective on it. Think about last year, Lincoln. That was the oddest, craziest, most unusual draft evaluation year of all. <laughs> there was a pandemic that was going on. Your right. buildings weren't open. There was no way to physically meet with players. You couldn't bring them into the building. You couldn't go meet them. Everything was on Zoom. There was no scouting. There was a whole, whole bunch of – well, actually, there was, was there a scouting combine last year? Yeah, there was a scouting combine last year. But right after, everything got nixed. There was nothing – Um, going on. I mean, you had to do things remotely. And so, if there was a year, Lincoln, where there were going to be some hiccups, that's probably the year, right? Yeah,
0: no doubt about it. And then look, we're still learning from it because the Raiders were really young, especially in the back end. But, you know, you talk about I mean, uh, odd year. How often do you have your, your general manager coaching your defense because your defensive coordinator and secondary coach are out of COVID? I mean, you know, just so <laughs> it was crazy.
1: I want to bring that up to you, actually, um, because, you know, when I was talking to John Gruden, I had an exclusive interview with John Gruden a couple of days ago. It's You could read the story over at uh, Vegas Nation on the app or go to VegasNation.com uh, on the computer and check it out. But you know, one thing that John told me that was really interesting to me, and it had and it related to Gus Bradley, who Lincoln, I'm just gonna tell you that I think John Gruden had his eyes on Gus Bradley when he first got to the Raiders. Unfortunately, Gus Bradley was already <laughs> had a job right. and a contract with the Los Angeles Chargers. So sometimes <laughs> things don't work out. And the timing isn't perfect, right? So um anyway, so we're talking about we're talking about Gus Bradley, and one thing that John brought up that I thought was really telling. And it probably spoke a little bit about the staff last year, which I kind of had an inkling about this, uh, just some things that I had heard from some players and uh, otherwise, uh, that, that, the, that the messaging and the, the synergy between the coordinator and the position coaches might not have been where it needed to be last year with last year's defensive staff. And so John was saying to me, he was look, you know, when Gus puts in his signature, you know, number one uh, pass coverage look, scheme, you're not going to have assistant coaches that are running downstairs going, yeah, rolling their eyes, yeah, oh yeah, this is going to work. You know, like everyone, it's Ron Milas is synonymous with Gus Bradley. They've Mm -hmm. worked together the last four years. Richard Smith, the linebacker coach, is synonymous with Gus Bradley. They've worked together the last four years. Rod Marinelli and Gus Bradley have a long uh, relationship. So I think, whereas last year I don't think the coaching from the the coordinator to the assistant coaches to the players i think there was a breakdown <laughs> going on there and how many times lincoln did we talk about this last year where guys would get up and look at each other going where i i thought you were doing this No, you, I, pointing at each other they were obviously not on the same page and a lot of that is on the players but lincoln a lot of that is also on the coaching
0: well i mean to be fair you really didn't have i mean, you, I mean they were coaching by zoom I, I don't, you know. We had talked constantly throughout last season about the the job, how difficult the job is. That much more when you can't get together. The only time the guys actually sat together is when you is, is when they were on the plane going to the away games. Everything else was I- excluded, separate. So you know that is that is going to be strange. Having a full off season. And what they did in training camp has aided them obviously. Yes. The, the scheme looks better schematically on paper oh, yeah. from what we've seen in preseason than they than they looked last year at all last year. So we're we're hopeful, we're wishing that it that, that, that it holds true. But it, it, it is – I can't imagine them doing their job uh, that that last year. I can't imagine being a coach in a league and trying to do a job. Uh, I know that everyone did it, but it, it just it, it's just impossible to me.
1: I concur. Uh, I do believe some of those issues were also carryovers from 2019 as well mm-hmm. uh, in terms of – and I, I just feel like there, that, that synergy on the coaching staff or that belief in what guys were being asked to coach – Um, it just, there, there was a little bit of a breakdown. I don't think that that's going to be the case this year with this staff. I think there's full buy-in from everybody. And and Lincoln, um, I would imagine in your time as a player, there were times where maybe you can detect that whatever your position coach was coaching you, he wasn't necessarily a hundred percent behind it. (laughs) <laughs> like, have you ever been on, in that kind of a situation? I know even in high yeah. school I could feel it at times where, where it was like, well, coach wants to do it. And it was just like, okay, if you're not buying into it, why should I buy into it?
0: Right, right. Uh, yeah, I've had some instances where I've, I've been around coaches that just didn't know what they were doing. So <laughs> that <they kinda> too. So <laughs> just had to kind of go out there and wing it. Um, but, you know, and, and it happens. Uh, and it happens on every level. Uh, but you're right. I mean, the thing is is that, you know, if, if you take, like, Arnett, you know, he was a press corner in college. And the system they had him in, they had him playing zone, field zone. I mean, it's like. That's not his strength.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. it's, like,
0: it's like a fish out of water. It's like, why would you draft this guy out of Ohio State? Use a first round pick on him if you're not going to have him play press corner. Exactly. You know, and so, I mean, instances like that where you're not coaching to the strength. And I've been in, I've been affiliated with, with programs like that where, you know, it's, it, you bring in, they bring you into the system and it's not cohesive to your strengths and, and you really struggle. So that's another reason, but I'm just hoping for a big turnaround.
1: Yeah, and I think it's I think it's um, within the realm of possibility. And you know, when you hear Corey Littleton talking about you know the fact that guys are playing faster, guys are playing with a better understanding of what they're doing. We've talked about this so many times, Lincoln. Uh, when you have a command of something, I don't care what you're doing in life. I don't care if it's tossing a pizza at the pizzeria. If you know what you're doing and have an understanding of it, you're going to be darn good at that. Otherwise, you're going to be dropping it and right. having to you know pick it up and you're just going to be unsure of yourself and then you're going to be thinking about it and that slows down the process. It's the same exact thing on a football field. If you know what you're going to have to be doing, first of all, first and foremost, if you believe in it. If you believe that this is what um, you should be doing schematically and for you as a a player and being asked to do the right thing that's going to help you be the best possible player and be the best asset on that team, if you believe in it and then understand it, Guys are going to be flying to the football. And that's the Corey Littleton that I remembered uh, in Los Angeles, somebody who obviously bought in and understood it and had a command of it and played like that. And to hear him talk about you know, the Raiders right now at collectively as a defense playing that way, um, look, do we know that for a fact? No, we're going to find out on Monday night. But I got a feeling that it, it is going to look better in that regard, and it's going to look faster and more sure of itself. Uh, but. Gosh, every time we talk about this Lincoln, we go, but we gotta see it on Monday night, right? <laughs> that's it. Well yeah, I
0: mean that's 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 just it. We gotta see it all all the pieces have to come together. We've seen flashes. I mean look, you know, for what it's worth, we've seen Cleveland Farrell play at a high level the preseason, we've seen him seen him get things done. And you you take it with a grain of salt because a lot of times he wasn't playing against starters. You know, it would be starters. So but it is what it is. I mean you you wanna see it pay off. Gerald McCoy, you know, we, we want to see it pay off. Max Cross, we wouldn't see him, you know, and in Dockway. You know, a lot of the things the pieces that we're talking about right now Vinny, we didn't see play together, and we have to see that. So that's why we're—it's all wishful thinking right now.
1: It is, and you catch yourself. Like I, I've seen some of that, and I know it's just practice. But I've, I've seen enough of it to know hmm, this could be headed in the right direction. But at the same time, I got to stop myself and say, but you got to go out there and do it against the Baltimore Ravens. Real quick, I just want to let you know that um, we're going to be at Lincoln's Restaurant uh, tomorrow. Angry Crab Shack. The Angry Crab Shack. Uh, Like I said on the morning show, uh, try not to eat much (laughs) before you go because, A, the food is really good, and there's a lot of it as well. So uh, great food, great drinks, great atmosphere. We're going to kick off the NFL season over at Lincoln's Restaurant tomorrow with a live broadcast uh, of In the Huddle uh, at the Angry Crab. Shaq are going to give the address out. Actually, do you have the address off the top of your head, Lincoln? Not off the top of my head. You okay. know, I got plenty uh, of uh, notes in front of me. You know? I, I, I've got so much in my head that that's, <laughs> I can't remember my own address. i got to double check, so we'll get that information to you, but for sure, we're going to be there 4 to 6 uh, o'clock tomorrow, and everybody is invited. during in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Radio Raider Nation, Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Real quick, Demon Rum, our good friends over at Demon Rum. Now you can get Demon Rum shipped directly to you. Just go to drinkdemonrum.com. The more you buy, the better the deal. And now, for being a fan, get 10% off your total order. Enter "DemonVinny10" in the coupon code. That's "DemonVinny10" at DrinkDemonRum.com. Go check them out. Uh, get your get your rum. Get ready for this weekend's games. A lot of college football. Lincoln. A lot of. And where are you going to be Saturday? Are you uh, are you on assignment this week? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, and it turned on my mic. Um, yeah, I got to.
0: I've got to go to Wazoo. I'm coach. I'm not coaching. <laughs> I'm uh, commentating, calling the game for Pac-12 Network. Wazoo versus Portland State and the Palouse.
1: All right. So, uh, quick question for you. Uh huh. Do you stay on the Idaho side or usually I sometimes I've stayed in Idaho when I go up to Washington State. Right. The last time I went, I stayed in Spokane. I actually liked it. Spokane yeah. was actually pretty cool. Yeah,
0: I'm staying in Spokane. All right. Yeah, yeah there's 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 nothing up in Pullman, so
1: nothing. Zero. <laughs> Zero in Pullman. Although I have to say I remember covering a USC Washington State game. Uh, it was one o'clock game. I'm driving uh-huh. back to Spokane and Lincoln, and I know you know this because you've spent a lot of time in Washington. All of a sudden, um, the fog came in. Yeah. I couldn't see one foot in front of me. Neither could anyone else <laughs> making the long ride back to Spokane because there were a lot of Washington State fans that made the drive. I, I was just, I, I prayed the whole time and I was so thankful when I got to my hotel because it was hairy. Uh, it, <laughs> it could get like that in Washington. Yeah. Uh, you know that. Uh, yeah. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Ralph is on the line. How you doing, Ralph? Hello? Hey, how are
2: you doing? Good, Hello? Ralph. How are you doing? This route from Los Angeles. Yeah, I just had a question in retarding the, the Raiders. You know, i Raider for But the issue is like with our the issue with the draft, you know, like we never make su- successful draft picks and rooting pensant for loving veterans. It seems like we should trade our picks like the Rams and go out to establish player.
1: Um, okay, so so I know that um has Max Crosby been a successful player as far as you're concerned?
2: Somewhat, yes. Has I
1: mean, has Josh Jacobs? Yes. Do you like, what I'm just saying. Is, do you, do you, yeah. You, uh, real quick, okay. do you like Trayvon Mullen? Uh, he needs work.
2: He, he he's decent, but he's he's not a not a number one corner, definitely.
1: All right. If if Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards um, take step forwards, uh, does that change things a little bit for you about the draft evaluation? Um, if Trayvon MORG plays well this year, if Nate Hobbs plays well this year, uh, I, I just think there's been a rush to judgment. I think that I think last year was just a weird year all the way around it was hard to get a grasp and a handle on the 2020 group uh, I think the 2019 group, the, just the foundation that they set when you're talking about the undrafted free agents and the drafted uh, players, that's the heart and soul of your team. When you think of your punter, your kicker, uh, you found a tight end, Darren Waller. I know he came in there in 2018, but it was late 2018. I kind of put him with that 2019 group. Foster Moreau, Alec Ingold, uh, Max Crosby, Klee Farrell, Trayvon Mullen. Uh, that's, that's not a bad foundation of young players from 2019, they're just turning the corner into their third year. Uh, this is the year where you expect them to take an even bigger step forward. And right behind them uh, is the 2020 group, which has a chance to have a much bigger year this year. I just think it's Lincoln. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I, I know that we live in a in a very um, impatient society, but I, I just I just feel like there's still time. And I'm not sure we're giving some of these draft classes that time before we write them up. Well,
0: off. I mean, look, that's why I said the sense of urgency is now for this team, this coaching staff, because you got to win now or you're going to have some hard decisions to make, whether it's you're going to let go of good players or you got to you know, re-sign them for a lot of money. Uh, you're not going to be able to keep everybody. So that's why the sense of urgency is now. But, I mean, I can understand where the frustration sets in yeah. because you, you, you want – I think there's, there's people out there that just want instant gratification. You want to know that you got it right with the guy and he's a game changer, an impact player. doesn't always work that way. It's just, this is the way thing it goes. I mean, you could have, you could strike it. Go, if you have a quarterback, you have a chance. That's the way I believe. But the other other pieces of the puzzle are absolutely essential too because just as Gruden referred to many times last year, we got to get some stops. Right. We need the defense to slow down some people so we don't have to try to go up and down the field and score all the time or score in a hurry. So, I mean, it, it's, it, it is truly a team effort when you think about it and, where, and how far they've come. But now we have to start winning now.
1: Right, and I think that, you know, um, and, and we've talked about this before, Lincoln, last year, I, I know because I talked to people, there was a concern with the way the la- you know last year's offseason was set up um, in terms, you know, because of COVID-19 and the amount of young players that the Raiders were legitimately relying on last year. Like it was too many. Young- it, it was the it was it was the worst year to be relying on so many young defensive players uh but they had to they were in that position they were in a rebal- rebuild they were in the middle of that rebuild and they drafted a bunch of defensive players uh and 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 you know some younger players off also on offense but they weren't able especially on defense uh to, to build any kind of a foundation or any kind of a chemistry because there was no offseason. and um i think i think now bringing in Like John Gruden said, you got a guy like Casey Hayward that the other young cornerbacks can look around and say, oh, that's how you do it. Right. That's what it looks like. That's how you work. That's how you study. That's how you eat. That's how, you know, it's supposed to look. And they didn't really have that. They haven't had that. And unfortunately, it's because of the circumstance, because of the situation. There were just too many young players that were being relied upon at the same exact time. And it's hard to win. When it's that many young players.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. It is hard to win. It's difficult. I mean, it just it's difficult to win, in period, period. But it's definitely hard when you have that many pieces that it, you really can't get to or it really can't coach up.
1: I bring up the Phoenix Suns uh, quite a bit because they're interesting to me because they were in a rebuild for a while. And a lot of the young players that they were bringing in, because they were so young, the success in terms of the wins and losses wasn't uh, evident. But guys were getting development time. Guys were, you know, playing and, and learning. And then they bring in a veteran like Chris Paul, and all of a sudden, those young players who were kind of running around into each other and not winning games, all of a sudden, you're like, wow, who are, are all these guys? And yeah, obviously, uh, we know we knew who Devin Booker is, but there were a bunch of other young players on that team that were like, these are pretty good players, but they didn't have that veteran influence that you kind of need. And you bring in a Chris Paul and it makes all the difference in the world in terms of bringing it all together. And I think now, defensively, the Raiders have a Gerald McCoy, a Yannick Ngakwe, a K.J. Wright, a Denzel Perryman, a Casey Hayward to kind of glue it all together in a veteran way that they just didn't have last year, Lincoln.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. And I think it's going to make a difference. You know, you talk about Chris Paul coming to the Suns. Uh, you know, all of a sudden you got like a quarterback, a, p- a point guard who knows what to do with the ball, who knows how to get everybody, to coach everybody up, a player that's on the field, uh, on the court as well as in the locker room. And and there are some like, for example, when it comes to the secondary, you know, you may- mentioned Casey Hayward. You know, Nevin Lawson is going to be lost for a couple of weeks. But right. You got to have Hobbs or someone else has got to step up into that nickel position. Uh, but it was it was what do you do with Jonathan Abram? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you how do you tell not necessarily tame him or pull him back, but you got to pull in the reins to where he's he knows what he's doing with more confidence. And I think having somebody like a Casey Hayward at this, or the linebacker group that you mentioned, the linebackers in, in uh, a part of it, I think that all helps uh, especially with Coach Milas, what he's able to do with the secondary.
1: I love the Ron Milas uh, mention. Uh, talking to, well first of all, just watching him on the field, and um, it's evident, the the respect that he commands and the, and the knowledge that he has. We were talking to uh, Ameek Robertson, who, by the way, had a really strong training camp in his second year, uh, go figure, uh, a young player that's developing and, and getting better. But, you know, we asked him about Ron Miles, and he just his eyes just lit up. Right. And yeah. and and he said he goes, you know, he coaches me hard. He goes and he probably doesn't think that I like that, but I love it. <laughs> I love uh, getting coached up by this guy and everyone that we've talked to about Ron Miles. Um just speaks so well of him and it's not because he's trying to be all buddy buddy actually it's the it's the complete opposite of that and and Ron Miles told us he goes he hey I, I, what I tell these guys is look it's not quite jail. But it's not a country club either. Somewhere in between is where we're going to have to be uh, to get this thing right. So expect me to be up in your you-know-what sometimes, but I'll right. also love you too. Right. Uh, so finding that fine line, I think he's a master at that, and I think these guys are responding to it, and it's interesting to see how that will look on the field. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation, Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday.